Good morning, everyone. It's 9.45, one hour less in the Canary, Canary Islands. I'm Julia Martinez, student of translation and intercultural communication. And together with my colleague Patricia, we studied about the legalization of marijuana. We compared it with two other legal drugs, alcohol and tobacco. We'll expound its cultural backgrounds, health benefits and risks, socio-economic perspective in Western countries, pros and cons of its legalization, and those movements associated with their use, the Rastafarian and the hippie movement. Hi, Julia. Thanks for your introduction. Good morning, everybody. First of all, I have to say I'm so glad we chose this matter because I'm sure our listeners will enjoy learning interesting facts about this trending topic. But before we start, I feel it's important to remind what marijuana is so as to have a more informed approach. Man decides after 70 years It's what he goes there for Still unlock the door All those around him criticize and sleep preparation of the leaves and flowering top shop of cannabis sativa, the hemp plant, which contains a number of pharmacologically active principles, the cannabinoids. That's right, Patricia. And I bet everybody understands me when I talk about the term marijuana, but there are the other funny words to design it. Cannabis, herb, pots, wheat, broccoli, chocolate, grass or Mary Jane. And did you know how smoking broccoli is also referred to? No, I don't. How is it? To fly Mexican airlines, get high, to poke or roasting. Wow, now that was a research. But getting more serious, now that we know that what marijuana is, I think it is important to introduce the history of these plants and its uses. As you may imagine, marijuana is not a plant that we can call culturally new because, in fact, it has been used for thousands of years before our era and it was quite well known through the centuries. The first uses of this plant are situated approximately seven to 8,000 years before Christ. The hemp was used to make robes, clothes and jewels. A few centuries later, in 2727 before Christ, The first written record of marijuana was found in China during Sheng Nang's empire. It is described for its therapeutic use in the first known Chinese pharmacopoeia, which is a book containing lists of medical drugs and preparations to use them. So later, in the 15th century, the prohibition of marijuana was approved in Europe. It was banned by the Pope Innocent VIII, who decreed that cannabis was Satan's weed, an unholy herb, herb of heathens, or weed of the satanic masses, because of the psychoactive effects on citizens. A little more than a century later, in the 16th century, the Queen Elizabeth I issued a decree commanding that landlords holding 60 acres or more had to grow hemp or pay a fine. For this time, the cultivation of hemp was really useful because one could do a lot of things with it, clothes, ropes, paper, broad sails or medicine. Wow, Julia, I can't imagine Elizabeth II doing that, can you? And curious though as it may sound, not so long ago, in 1895, the supporters of Pancho Villa in Mexico are the first ones to use the term marijuana as it is employed in the song La Cucaracha. La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha, 
That was a good point, Patricia. And finally, in 1930, the first law banning marijuana was approved in California due to the introduction of this substance in USA from Mexico. In fact, in Mexico, its use was mainly associated with delinquents and soldiers. This gave a really bad reputation for madness and violence. It is why in USA it was considered as the evil's plant. Continuing on a different vein, Patricia and I have thought that it could be interesting to compare different countries and their policies on marijuana. We, we chose Spain and the Netherlands. In fact, people may have wrong ideas about the policy of cannabis and it is interesting to learn some information about it. Here are five facts we bet you didn't know. In the Netherlands, for example, it is commonly thought that marijuana is legal there, which is wrong. Marijuana is not considered as a legal substance, but it is accepted in the country. And what do I mean by accepted? I mean that the weed itself is illegal, but respecting different imposed rules, it can be consumed. For, for instance, in the Netherlands, one is allowed to have 5 grams of weed in public places, 30 grams in private places spaces and it is possible to grow no more than five plants. If these restrictions are respected, you may not have any problems. That's right, Julia. I myself didn't know it was legal in the Netherlands. Besides, since 2003, chemists are allowed to sell medicines composed of cannabis, but obviously a medical prescription is needed to buy it. Another example of the Dutch marijuana toleration is the known as coffee shops. They are places where it's legal to sell marijuana, You may think it's not a good idea. Indeed, however, it turns out it is a handy solution to control the consumption of this drug. According to the government of the Netherlands, it prevents people, and specifically youngsters, from coming into contact with harder drugs. It also enables the police to focus more on the merchandising of stronger drugs in the black market. Now let's move on to the next part, health benefits and risks. But first, let me introduce a little bit of its background. According to E.G. Meyers, expert on the matter, cannabis was contained in the U.S. pharmacopoeia until 1941, when it was finally removed because of the difficulties in prescribing it after the passage of the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937. The medical popularity of cannabis had already begun to decline in the early part of the century. During this period of the early 1940s to the early 1970s, medical professionals largely bypassed the investigation of marijuana's potential medical uses. Then, in the early 1970s, cannabis research, although focused primarily on the possible deleterious effects, began to reveal some possible therapeutic benefits. That's right, Patricia. As for the health benefits of this substance, it could be pointed out that marijuana has has been recently used to help reduce intraocular pressure in the eyes of glaucoma patients. In addition, it has been used experimentally to relieve the pain of cancer patients and to reduce or eliminate loss of appetite, nausea, and vomiting following chemotherapy, to relieve asthmatic distress by temporarily dilating the bronchial passages, and also to facilitate sleep as a sedative hypnotic. Other possible uses of marijuana now being investigated are as an antidepressant and in the relief of migraine. And something curious is as well is as well that it is not possible to die from an overdose. But of course, its risks are truly dangerous, although not as perilous as we may imagine. 
This drug has similar effects to alcohol, such as disinhibition, reduction of anxiety, and decreasing of vigilance, tachycardia, disorientation, lack of physical coordination, and often depression and somnolence. But going back to alcohol, it may be highlighted that this one is also a mortal drug that causes between 30 and 40,000 deaths per year in France, according to a statistic made recently in this country. Its effects are different from marijuana since it causes social trouble, violence and accidents. Moreover, its potential of addiction is really high, contrary to marijuana, and it is a physical addiction. A finally interesting fact to conclude this part. As striking as it is, the National Medicine Academy asserts that it is difficult to compare the different drugs as the consumption of tobacco and alcohol is considered to be more dangerous for people than cannabis. Yes, Patricia. And as for tobacco, it is important we remember that the level of hurtfulness in a long-term period is quite high and the most dangerous one. Around the world, 6 million of deaths are caused by cigarettes every, every year. It can cause lung, throat, palate, tongue cancers, but also increase breathing problems and intoxication of non-smokers. The mortality beside is three times higher than a non-smoker. Now we'd like to talk about the pros of its legalization. Legal prohibition does not stop consumers from consuming drugs, nor does it stop the dealers from producing and selling it. In addition, the price of the final product increases to abnormally high values because of the black market status, which together with the powerful effects of drug addiction, causes users to commit crimes in order to fund their addiction. It is not worthwhile for a law for, to bo forbid people for willingly exposing their own bodies to harm by using drugs any more than by overeating or bungee jumping. Obesity is a national epidemic killing millions of millions every year, but the government has no right to regulate how much citizens eat. Drug users exercise free will when they choose to use drugs. A person has the right to give up or his or her own freedom. A government does not have the right to dictate them. No drug eliminates free will. It is possible to quit using any drug. Many banned drugs are significantly less deleterious to free will than legal alcohol or tobacco. Legal drug dealers sell to anyone, including children. Merchants who legally sell alcohol or tobacco are not allowed to sell it to children. Many high school students report that it is easier to obtain illegal drugs than alcohol and tobacco. Regarded, regarding it cons, a state cannot provide substances considered to be immoral by lots of people. Secondly, the easy availability of drugs would create new consumers rather than rescuing other ones. Then, the use of this soft drug can lead to the use of harder drugs. And finally, legalizing mar marijuana gives a, a wrong message to children. Drug is acceptable, so we legalize it. Thanks, Julia. The podcast is getting to the end, and I would like to share what could be the most interesting part of the emission. The socio-economic point of view in Western countries. First of all, from our perspective in these countries, 
we've learned that the repression of marijuana is useless, even if everything is done to stop the consumption of this drug, like the prohibition in the USA in the past. It apparently encourages the increase of the black market by refusing the popular public demand. Secondly, if the legalization is controlled, odds are taxes will be imposed. These taxes shouldn't be very high because it could lead to other black markets like cigarettes, for instance. Thirdly, the fight against marijuana has seemed to lead the loss of an important amount of money. For example, in France, each year, 3,000 million of euros are invested in this cause without affecting the drop in joint smokers. According to the television channel CNBC, the culture of cannabis is the most profitable agriculture activity in California. Only in the state of California, the black market earns 14 billions of dollars per year for selling marijuana. This money could help, help a lot the states. Just by taxing the consumers and producers, the state of California would earn approximately $1.3 billion of dollars. Another interesting point is that if the prices of marijuana decrease through the legalization, its merchandising wouldn't be so appealing for the dealers. They wouldn't earn the same money as before, so they would be less trafficking. All right, so those were the, those were the perspective of the legalization of weed in Western countries. And finally, we'd like to explain two of the most iconic movements related to it, the Rastafarian and the hippie movement. As for the Rastafarian movement, it is said to be a religious and cultural movement born in Jamaica in the 20th century. It is born to claim the pride and dignity of black population rejecting the colonial identity of Western societies to get closer of their African roots. Many symbols are associated to Rastafarian movements like the flag, the Ethiopian flag with Judas lion, dreadlocks or ganja. Ganja is the Indian term for marijuana brought from India to Jamaica during the slavery time. Rastafarians used it to help them meditate and to get closer to Jam. It is also believed that it opens the mind to the truth and that it's, it cleans the body and the soul. As for the use of marijuana by the hippies, we've collected some data we are sure will interest you. Following the, in the footsteps of the beats, Many hippies used cannabis for its pleasurable and benign effects. They were said to enlarge their spiritual pharmacopoeia to include hallucinogens such as LSD or DMT, while often renouncing the use of alcohol. That was all. Thank you so much to our listeners for staying tuned, and we hope you have enjoyed our, our podcast while learning new facts about this interesting drug. Thanks a lot to Julia to, for your research and your collaboration. It was a pleasure working with you. Thanks to you, Patricia, and a big shout-out to our listeners. See you soon.